0: Okay, guys, I know this is what you come here for. You come here for the difficult conversations, the controversial topics, and that is what we're going to do today because we are going to talk about Andrew Tate today, supposedly the king of toxic masculinity, and yet he is one of the most popular people on earth, by the way, that young men cannot get enough of. And we are going to unpack today. I feel like I shouldn't need to explain who Andrew Tate is. Uh, but look, I feel like most girl next door, uh, listeners would know, but I will go through it if, if not, but if you don't know who he is guys, just like, just pause this for a moment, just jump on, uh, Safari and just Google Andrew Tate. And I'm sure that you are going to see, uh, the most crazy news reports about this man that the world seems to love hating. And yet he is being held up by, uh, thousands, I'd say millions of young men around the Western world as um, a role model and a hero. So we are in for it today, guys. Uh, We are going to unpack, I've got a few thoughts around Andrew Tate and why perhaps he is the most Googled man on earth despite his really, really controversial views. Now, there seems to be no in-between with Andrew Tate, right? Like, I hear a lot of people talking about him, and so... Uh, if you bring up Andrew Tate's name, there's like no in between. People either absolutely love him and they think he's amazing and he's an absolute hero. And then on the other side of the coin, people are like, he's dangerous. I hate him. I can't stand him. So it's like, how can someone be so loved at the same time that he's also so? Uh, I mean, I have to use the word hate because it's like, it is that severe. So who is he? Why is this guy the most googled man on earth? Why was he cancelled? Why, by the way, did cancelling him not stop him being the most googled man on earth? And I want to ask, by uh, start off by asking you, what do you think? Do you like him? Do you hate him? I feel like there can't be anyone that's kind of in between with him. Now, something. Look, we're going to start with something controversial. There is something that Tater himself says that I actually quite agree with. Is he says that whenever you think something to be true, we should ask ourselves three questions. And so since we're talking about Tate and we're also convinced that he's either so good or so bad, I feel like this is a really good place to start, that we should ask ourselves these three questions. And he says, this is what you should ask. Number one, why do I think that? This can be about anything, right? Why do I think that? Who told me to think that? And does that person or persons have my best interest at heart? What a great way! To uh, to do a little bit of critical thinking, right? Like like asking ourselves, why do I believe this, or why do I think this? So I really do agree with him. We have to ascertain the truth for ourselves. You know that I'm a big believer in that. And it's funny how people who will agree with that, and yet when it comes to Andrew Tate, they're like they don't want to. I don't think they even think about doing critical thinking on Andrew Tate. They're like, no, I love him, or no, I hate him. So we are going to do some critical thinking about Andrew. Tate. So some people will say he's abusive because of his views on women. Um, But the funny thing is often when people say that, Um, either, most of the time they'll give me an example, but a lot of the time it's not a a parrot, like a word for word example out of Tate's mouth. It's um, an example of something he said that often has been not quoted in context. Um, And I'm not saying, by the way, please hear me, uh, that everything that he says is is correct. Because clearly, as you will find out as we go, some of his views are completely off the wall. But I do wonder if those of us who go, oh, I can't stand him or I hate him, do we hate him because we're told to? I'm not saying me, by the way, okay? Do But do people in general hate him because they've been told to? Um, because I think we're in a time, not I think I know we're in a time where we tend to just believe the headlines rather than sourcing the fact for ourselves. So, for example, let me give you a really good example on Tate around this. You will hear people that, you know, vehemently dislike him say, well, he's a criminal, right? So, let's use Andrew Tate's filter on that who told you that? Like, why do you think that? And who told you that? Because the actual facts are, now again, I'm not saying that he's not guilty. I'm not saying that he hasn't done stuff that is wrong. But if you actually look at the facts, he has never actually been charged with anything, right? So you can't call him a criminal when he hasn't actually been charged for any crimes. Now, people will go, oh, 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 he's in jail right now. And that is true. He's being detained in a Romanian jail. It was meant to be for 24 hours, but it's been extended for 30 days. Very interesting, because they're trying to find things uh, to keep him in for, right? Because what they've got at the moment is allegations. So once again, yes, he's being detained. Am I saying that he's not guilty? No, I don't know. He could be guilty, but we have to be careful to be calling people things that are actually not factual and not true, right? Like what happened to the whole innocent until proven guilty. We don't roll like that anymore. We seem to be rolling on the flip side. Now, I don't trust when I hear the word allegation. It's like, oh, there's allegations against so-and-so because in the last couple of years, there have been way too many examples funnily enough, always against people who um, who seem to be going against the, the narrative of the powers that be, that are all of a sudden magically charged with these allegations only to have them investigated and dropped. But not after, by the way, the media has had a field day telling us how evil this person is because they did A, B and C. And then they tell us that with no evidence, But because they say so, society prescribes guilt because the media have prescribed guilt, which means we prescribe guilt. Now, guys, this is actually an unbiblical way to function. I talked about this uh, quite a while ago, but we really should revisit it. But biblical justice does not prescribe guilt without due process. So, Uh, This is just one example in in the Tate, the whole Tate saga, where people will throw these words around going, he's evil because he's a criminal. Well, actually, he's never actually been charged for a crime. So that's not true. But again, I'm not saying he's not guilty of things, but nothing that he's been charged with. Now, as a Christian... Okay. Let it be known loud and clear. I do not agree clearly with Andrew Tate's lifestyle, but I want to talk about why he is so popular, why he is the most Googled name on earth. So if you like Tate, I want you to ask yourself, why do I like him? Who told me to like him? And if you don't like him, well then why, why don't you like him? And who told you not to like him? Do you have your own good reasons? All right, so let's start with a little bit of background on who is Andrew Tate, if you're not sure. But, uh, you know, look, pause this, go back, have a bit of a look, look on YouTube. You, oh, I don't know if there's actually any of his stuff's still up after his ban, but you'll definitely find a lot of news articles. But he is a 36-year-old man he is an American-British social media personality and businessman. He's well known for his online university called Hustlers University, currently got 160,000 students, by the way, and he's also a former kickboxer. Now, he has uh, gained massive influence by his videos, which have previously been on all social media platforms, and his videos, guys, on TikTok alone have amassed over 11.6 billion billion, billion views on TikTok. So, what are his videos? What is his messaging? Well, basically, he gives advice to mostly young men but women as well on really two things. He just talks about relationships and success in life. I'll go through some of his actual uh, quotes and views um, in a little while. Now, some people think that he is exposing the rich elite ruling class, right? Uh, which, by the way, Andrew Tate is kind of funny. He he talks about the system that we're in as the matrix. So you'll often hear him refer to the matrix, but he's just talking about the system. So a lot of people are like, yay, he's our hero. He's exposing the rich elite ruling class and he's amazing. Um, but his views on women is uh, what have mostly got him into trouble and on masculinity they are considered very very controversial he was banned last year from every uh, every media platform for some well for a number of controversial mis- misogynist comments that he made but banning him, guys, did not stop him from being the most Googled man on the planet. As I said, he currently is serving 30 days in a Romanian jail in connection to allegations about human trafficking uh, and forming an organized crime group in which apparently he used girls in adult videos. So we'll see what comes of that. So let's keep our eye out. Um, So he's really big on exposing and talking about how we're living in a system that's full of corrupt people who aim to destroy society. Uh, Like I said, he's very successful with his online university. He basically sees himself, guys, as the agitator of the system. And the interesting thing is he's not against the system, all right? Again, You've got to have a listen to him in context when he actually talks as opposed to people quoting him. But he actually says we need a system, otherwise the world would be chaos, but we also need people like him to question it and push back and agitate as a means of providing checks and balances to the system. He has literally exploded off the back of some viral clips and podcasts, and he's become an icon for the new generation of the, what we call, manosphere. Uh, now, he lives in Romania. He moved there in 2017. And, um, like I said before, despite him and his brother being detained, they've actually never found evidence or been able to charge them with any crime. Now, let's listen to what Tate says about himself. And I'm quoting directly here. This is what he says. I am a mixed race man raised by a single mother. I suffered all of the disadvantages of the old world. I am a fantastic role model for all people, both male and female. That's what he says about himself. Now, in, um, in response to all of the hate that he gets, he says that that is all simply hate mobs who are uninterested in the facts of the matter trying to personally attack me, he says. They twist facts and produce fancy documents full of half-truths and lies to attack people they don't like. So basically his view is he's trying to expose the matrix or the system and so they're out to get him. That's kind of it in a nutshell. So there's no denying it, guys. Whether you like it or not, whether you like him or not, he has massive influence. Now, his greatest audience, guys, is young men. His greatest, largest demographic is young men. They are eating up all of the things Andrew Tate uh, says, and they are hailing him as a role model for this generation. More on that soon, by the way, because I know that, um, you know, I've read several articles where schools and teachers are so concerned that Andrew Tate is a role model for a lot of the young students that they have. All right. So let's have a look at some of his views. I'm going to break this into two. We'll start with his views on women, which are his controversial views, and then we'll move over onto his views about success and life. Now, he does have an extensive history of bigoted comments, right? He's known as the king of toxic masculinity. He, he, by the way, says he's repeatedly taken out of context. So just when you think you hear something that he supposedly said, do have a good look and see if you can find the actual context. But look, a lot of what he says, it is brutal. And I definitely don't agree. He says things like women belong in the home and that they can't drive and are a man's property. Uh, he taught, He has apparently talked about hitting women, trashing their belongings and stopping them from going out. Well, that's just off the wall. He's talked about how he would attack a woman if she accused him of cheating. Apparently these are all things I've read off the internet. Okay. I have not verified all of these. I'm just giving to you what you would find if you Googled his views on women. He apparently talks about how he needs authority over a woman Uh, And he has responded by saying that if a woman were to see herself as equal to a man, that she would be, quote, the exact kind of woman that I would never give my time of day to. All right. So no wonder he's got a lot of women's backs up. He's called women's self-defense BS and said that they are incapable of fighting and can only scream and run. I kind of laughed at that one. Like some women are hardcore, but I'm sorry, guys. I'm a scream. I'm a screamer and a runner. <laughs> He's right on me on that one. Um, now he says that 18-year-olds are more attractive than women in their 20s because they are innocent. Uh, And also there was a podcast called the BFFs podcast where he defended his opinion that women are like dogs and children saying, you can't be responsible for something that doesn't listen to you. You can't be responsible for a dog if it doesn't obey you or a child if it doesn't obey you or a woman that doesn't obey you. Okay. Right. They're disgusting comments, right? I'm like, I know all the girls here are like, are you kidding me? I hate this guy already. Now he obviously defends his, his views, right? So he says, um, and I'll quote him here. I believe as a man, I should pay for the first date. He explained, I believe I should open the car door, protect her, provide for her. I believe, um, if she is my woman, she should come to me with her problems and I should fix them. Right? So it's like, he says some stuff that's really good. Like that's really nice. He wants to protect his woman but then he opens his mouth and it's like okay just close it right there andrew tate just just stop right there but then he goes on and says his stupid stuff um Uh, And he went on about that comment, by the way, about protecting women. He goes, if that makes me a sexist and horrible person, fine. You agree with the baseline and everyone agrees with the foundations of what I say. But when I build on top of it, they try to pretend I'm sexist. Maybe he just shouldn't build on top of it. Okay. He should just stop at the good parts. Now he does say that, um, uh, he said some other stuff, not around women, but some other stuff that's quite off the wall about, like, depression, saying that depression isn't real, uh, suggesting that it was people's own fault if they were, um, quote, poor, sad, fat, stupid. Like, that's just plain out horrible and mean. Um, so, clearly, he can be extremely rude, harsh, unfiltered, very horrible comments. Now, like I told you, I've told, I've just told you the parts that I've kind of, you know, when I Googled what are Andrew Tate's views on women. Now I didn't verify every single comment, but I do wonder if some of those perhaps are taken out of context. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Is it possible that while some things are totally off the wall, that maybe others are sound bites that are taken out of context? Now, I'm not defending him, guys, at all, but I also know that we can't take what we read at face value. We really do need to do our own research to get the whole context, okay? Now, you might look and find the context, and he really is as horrible as what those comments make him sound to be. But look, one example is you might read that Tate hit a woman, right? That he hit a woman in the Big Brother house. So a Twitter user posted this, um, tweeted this tweet, I should say. Andrew Tate was evicted from the Big Brother house when the video of him beating a woman with a belt surfaced online. Um, And so that sounds like, are you kidding me? That's just crazy but apparently when this uh, video surfaced, um, he defended the video and he claimed that the incident was merely role play. And as was reported by The Sun, Tate said, a longer version of the video actually shows us laughing. I'm also hitting myself saying it doesn't hurt. I am actually still friends with her and she's in the UK with me now and I would never hit a woman, right? So you're kind of like, I don't know which one's the truth there, which is why we have to verify Now let's look at some of his other views um, because a lot of articles when you Google him will only focus on those horrible things that that he said. But there's a lot of other stuff that he's also said, teaching young men to grow up and take responsibility for their lives. So let me give you a few quotes. Now these are actual quotes from him because I actually looked these up, like what has he said about success and about young men. So he said, if someone wants to mess with you, you can't always go tell the teacher. Sometimes you have to deal with it, right? So he's like, don't go running to the teacher, man up. Clearly that must talk to young boys that are in school. Um, He talks about being glad that his life has been difficult because it's impossible to become a man without struggling, facing serious adversity, and without trying to overcome insurmountable odds. Um. He has said things like, as a man, uh, trauma and difficulty are extremely important because they're the building blocks for mental fortitude and physical fortitude. He talks about discipline being the key to success. He talks about how every action you take is molding you. He says things like, find a person who is as successful as you'd like to be. Ask them what to do. Do it and work hard. Great advice. These are all excellent things that he's saying. And in a world that teaches young people to be a victim about everything, he is saying, heck no. So you get the gist, right? So he's actually really tough on young men. He's holding them to a high standard. And there's literally hundreds of comments that you could Google like that of really good things that he's saying, but then he spoils it with the other stuff. So he's really hardcore on teaching young men to work hard and not complain and take responsibility and let life toughen you up. So how is it that young men are making up the majority of Andrew Tate's audience? So considering that a lot of his views on women are clearly toxic, how come young men can still consider him a role model that they can't get enough of? Now, again, while I absolutely do not condone a lot of what Tate says, I've got two thoughts. Um. Uh, around around this. And the first thing that I want to point out is could it be uh that this whole love love relationship uh, this you know what do you call it a bromance between young men and Tate could that be a reaction to the way that maybe men have been vilified and criticized for the past 5 years? Like I I'm just asking could this potentially be why? Is it a reaction to this gospel of toxic masculinity that they've been hearing incessantly about? I remember reading an article about all these young boys uh, in a in a school in Victoria that were asked to apologize to all the girls in the school um, for, I can't even remember what it was at the time. I think it was for sexist comments or something like that. And all of them, including the the young men who had never said anything and never treated a a girl poorly, they all had to en masse apologize. Maybe this is a reaction. Maybe young men are, are tired of that, of being made to feel like somehow that they're toxic. Now, while there are very real problems of male violence and sexism, it seems that maybe this attack on men seems to have just included general manhood and just gone too far. Even the fact that we call it toxic masculinity, people go on and on about toxic masculinity. The very joining of the word toxic and masculinity is a problem. It's the joining the the idea of of true masculinity with something that's poisonous and dangerous. And it's like, well, men are masculine because they're men, and yet they're told that being a man is toxic. Now young men are looking for purpose and guidance and they need to know that being a man is not toxic. Imagine if there was something about you that you couldn't change and people go that trait, that thing that you can't change, that's toxic. That that's what young men are being told. Let me give you an example that perhaps might, you know, Shine a little bit of light on the kind of things that um, that young men are hearing about. Now, all of us hear over and over about the imbalance of leadership of of, of women, male versus female, in community roles. Right? Like we all hear about how there's not enough women in your CEO roles or management roles. Right? So we hear a lot about that. But it's really interesting to ask the question: Who is talking about the imbalance of gender? In a whole bunch of other roles, yucky roles, dangerous roles, that men are constantly putting their hand up for, right? Like nobody's talking about that. Isn't it mostly men that are digging in the sewers, working on the power lines in the rain when the electricity goes out, out in the heat and the cold, building all the buildings and the houses that we see around us? I mean, when you go to a festival, who is it that's rolling out those portaloos and then having to clean up afterwards? who rescues people from burning buildings, who, by the way, comes to your house when your toilet is clogged, right? Now it's the men. And yet we don't hear anyone jumping up and down about the imbalance of gender in those roles. So you, so can you see what I'm saying? It's like we allow we allow the narrative to go the way that it suits us, but we don't want to apply that narrative the other way. So it's the men that do the ugly jobs, the gross jobs. They're the ones that rain, run towards danger to help, but they're not being celebrated for these things. Instead, they're told that they're the cause of women's suppression, that collectively that you know, they're known as the patriarchy and the patriarchy must be dismantled. They need to sit down. They need to listen, that being a man's man is somehow wrong. And it's, you know, disempowering to women if they man up, take the lead, open the door and pay the bill. So to me, it's no wonder that men like Jordan Peterson or yes, even Andrew Tate have become heroes for these young men. They're telling men that it's okay to be a man. And interestingly, their messages are hardcore and not for the faint-hearted. They talk about manning up, sucking it up, taking responsibility, working hard, being done with pathetic excuses. And it's appealing. Clearly, it's appealing to a young generation of men who are clearly yearning to be told that it's okay to be who they were created to be, adventurers, protectors, fighters, leaders. Now, while there definitely is a big difference between Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson would never, ever say those things that Andrew Tate says about women. Um, But it's interesting how both of these guys that are really quite different are uh, their biggest, biggest audience. Both of them are young men. Now, according to the actual young men themselves, why is it according to them that they love Andrew Tate? And they say it's because he does not worry about what people think of him. He says it like it is. And also they love that he's exposing the corrupt elements of society and the powers controlling it. They love him because he is pushing back against the feminists and he's also pushing back on leftist progressive ideology that is destroying young men. Now, I find it really interesting that the adults around these young men are so concerned that they're taking Tate as a role model, but I don't think that they can complain um, because, well, well, they can complain all they like uh, because really with social media and, um, and the media being now the source, sorry, with social media being the main source of young people's news and ideas and worldview, world they're not going to be able to put a stop to it. So instead, why don't these adults actually go, why is this happening? Instead of reacting against it. Now, clearly, we do not want these young men to take on and imitate uh, Tate's toxic views on women. But why is his hustle hard, take responsibility message resonating? You know, is it that these young men, I mean, these adults are complaining, but it's like, who else have they got to turn to? Have these young men got no one else to turn to to look to because all the other men in their lives are so scared of the progressive left that they've just gone silent. So they're too scared to show young men how to actually be men because they themselves will then be called out as the toxic patriarchy. So where there's a vacuum of true male role models, young men will get it where they can. And I think that's exactly what's happened to Andrew Tate. I think that there is a vacuum of true male role models in their lives. And so the only place that they have to look right now is the likes of Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson. Now, Tate clearly is imperfect, but at the moment it's him or nothing. Maybe we've gone too far in our messages against masculinity. Now, clearly women had to understandably stand up for themselves, tell men that they can't objectify us, but maybe the message has been pushed so hard that now it's swung the other way and it's demasculating them. Do you think that we have a right to complain about Tate when it's clear that young men are crying out for role models on what it is to be a man, but nobody else is rising up and providing that for them? And if we don't, then yes, young men are going to take on Tate's extreme views and hopefully they will not take his views on um, about women. So, you know, but again, we need other men to rise up and teach them what's what and what's good and what's not good about people like Andrew Tate. But the more that we tell young men that Tate's bad and toxic, the further we're going to push them towards him. If they think Tate's a role model, telling he, telling them that he is toxic is just doing more of the same in their view, telling men that they can't be men, they can't make their own choices. So I think we need to have an honest conversation. All right. And there's another, another point that I wanted to make, um, that I kind of has really stood out to me in this whole Andrew tape debacle. And that is more around the fact of him being canceled and being hated. I really find a lot of hypocrisy in that we are really a little bit hypocritical on who we say is allowed to be canceled and on who we say is allowed to be hated. So for example, if a person says something that is not in line with progressive ideologies right then that person clearly we've seen it time and time again they have to be canceled in their entirety by the way right we're not allowed to have two things coexist like you can't you can't go well maybe he says some good stuff we'll take that and we'll leave the bad it's like nope he said a bad he said bad stuff completely cancel him cancel out his good stuff as well as his bad stuff but i want to ask the question we're going to cancel him. How about we be consistent in who we cancel, right? Because if we are going to cancel Andrew Tate off all media platforms for his views, totally, I'm fine. You go ahead, right? You go do that. I, I, I let, let's say for a minute that that's totally fine. But can we please be consistent, right? So if we're going to ban him, then we've got to start banning if we use the same, uh, the same filter, the same lens. We've got to ban a whole heap of stuff here, guys. Like, can we please then ban every person who posts pictures and videos that are objectifying women, right? What about Balenciaga? I mean, they objectified little girls in their ads, right? I don't see anyone going to jail there. I don't see them being banned. Are they banned? Clearly not. They're still on social media. Now, Instagram, the whole platform itself has a dark side. It is so easy to find pornographic content. Why don't we cancel the whole of Instagram, right? Now, I am not condoning Tate, but I am saying where is the consistency Why can Instagram and TikTok cancel Tate when they themselves are even more responsible for the very things they're canceling him for? Their platform makes it possible to objectify women en masse, but nobody is talking about that. We cannot say it's unacceptable to like Tate because of his views on women while simultaneously opening up our Instagram accounts. And engaging on this platform, which are, which is full of people en masse doing exactly the same thing. Now, the same people complaining about Tate, I bet that they would own things like Nike's or Adidas, but isn't this hypocritical too when we consider that what they're buying uh, are made by the use of slave labor in poor countries? So Tate is sitting in a jail right now because of allegations of human trafficking And yet, did you know that child labor in the fashion supply chain is common knowledge? But who refuses to buy from these companies, these companies that are abusing children, these companies that are taking advantage? You might not know that around 170 million children are used around the world for slave labor. And we're talking about all sorts. We're talking even about like Nestle and Mars, so the chocolates uh, that we eat and different lipsticks that we buy and the clothes that we wear. A lot of these things have been made by children who are being abused via slave labor. And many of them are making textiles and garments to satisfy the demand of consumers in Europe, US, and yes, here in Australia. Most global companies, it is well known, have modern slavery in their supply chain. So I do ask myself, how can we get all riled up at Tate for his views when we are most likely... Um you know, getting all rolled up while sitting there wearing something that was made by a company engaging in similar behavior. It just feels so hypocritical, doesn't it? I agree with uh, Joe Rogan, who made some comments and I want to finish off um, with some of these comments made by Rogan. He said that he wasn't surprised that Tate's messaging hit home with a younger audience, explaining that if Tate had, eschewed the misogynist stuff and continued with his pro-male and pro-accountability messaging, he likely wouldn't have lost his sizable platform. And I agree with, with Joe Rogan on that one. So if he would just dropped all the misogynist stuff, but kept up with the pro-male, pro-accountability, he would have done really well. Now, while Rogan was clear in stating that he did not agree with all of Tate's points of view, he believed there is a place in the world for men like him. And I quote Joe Rogan here, he said, toxic masculinity, what that Means is, oh, you mean the men that carved the world? Said Rogan. You do need them. You just don't think that you need them because you don't need them right now. I think uh, they are very wise words from Joe Rogan. It, you know, it is the the masculine men's men that have built the world, and I think our. Um, uh, the the feminist views that have been allowed to run so wild and so rampant on uh, a lot of social media and media um i think now there's there is a reaction coming where we've just pushed men down so far and criticized them so much um rather than actually having an honest conversation and go, yeah, there was definitely room for, for improvement in, um, you know, with men and, and the way that masculinity was seen that, you know, it's not good that men uh, couldn't feel like they could talk about their emotions or cry or, you know, all those other things. But I feel like the conversation just went completely uh push down one end where it was like anything that was more kind of like you know man's man the kind of man that built the world right the kind of man that builds the buildings the kind of men that are our heroes it's like that kind of man is not allowed to be anymore and so it really does not surprise me like I said that we've got a bunch of young men that are crying out for a good role model and um and in the vacuum and the lack of that they've turned to someone like Andrew Tate which you know he says good stuff but there's a, a lot of stuff that's not great as well. Um, but then, like I said, second of all, I think we are so hypocritical that we can sit there and criticize him when, you know, clearly there is objectification of women in all sorts of other areas. And not only are us girls silent on that, we just, we continue to engage and use the products and sit there on Instagram and some of these uh, platforms that are doing exactly the same thing. And so they're the questions that I have. So there you go. So I'm not condoning tape, but I can see a lot of hypocrisy and I can certainly see where our young boys are coming from. So there you go, guys. Um, Why don't you share this uh, come along to girlnextdoor.podcast. You know that I always chat with you guys there. And thank you also for your five-star ratings and your written reviews, guys. Keep them coming. Helps other people to find um, to find this podcast. And, you know, uh, again, Cameron's just been away in Adelaide this week and he said he had some young girls come up to him going, oh my gosh, I love, I love your wife so much. And I listen to her podcast all the time. So I really appreciate it when you tell us when we travel and we see you um, because it just gives me that little pep up to keep on keeping on because I love it. It's a lot of work, but I love it. So guys, I will be with you on Friday for Parenthood Friday. Until then, I love you guys. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. Bye.